Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Extra Point Taken on the Ringer NFL feed. Shiel Kapata here, joined by Ben Solak. You know, we were thinking about what should we do today? Will there be some news out of owners meetings? And then we got this, I don't know if it's called a Lamar bomb or what, but certainly Lamar Jackson will be headlining every league-wide NFL conversation for the next 24 hours or so. So we decided... Let's just, you know, there's a lot, there's some myths, there's some reality, there's some fact, there's some fiction. Let's go over six questions that have to do with Lamar Jackson and lay out what we think is actually happening, what's going to happen, all those things. Benjamin Solak, you are no stranger to Lamar discourse. How are you feeling for this episode? What are we calling it? Lamar cast? The The Lamar cast, sure. There's no other puns that are immediately coming to mind. Yeah. The... Jackson six, uh, but because it's, right, it's seven yeah, technically, yeah. Even though we only have we six better questions, stop and just move yeah. on at this point. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're going to be the ones uh, to come up with this. We have many more creative people at the Ringer who can come up with the title, including our wonderful producer Cliff Augustine, who suggests Lamarathon. Which, hey, listen, I don't know how it's going to be. Ah, like this it. is why we got to get Cliff in the building. That's the Lamarathon, yes. All right, let's get to it. What happened today? Lamar Jackson, right before John Harbaugh has his breakfast with reporters at the Biltmore in Arizona as part of which the NFL I already I already want to stop you. I already want to stop you right here. Legit, right before, like yeah. three minutes before, impeccable timing. Best part of the sequence. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely, Lamar Jackson. Starts tweeting. I don't need to read them word for word here, Ben, but just paraphrasing. He thanked his fans. He said, don't believe everything you read. He said he requested a trade on March 2nd because the Ravens have not been interested in meeting his value. And he said it's a business decision. He still loves Baltimore. He still loves Maryland, but he has to do what's best for him and his family. So aside from some 
gifts and some one-liner tweets. This is kind of the first we've heard from uh, Lamar in an official capacity. Certainly the first time he's gone on the record as saying he's requested a trade. What was your initial reaction when you saw Lamar Jackson uh, send out these tweets this morning? Yeah. Like when, when Lamar was like, I requested a trade on March 2nd, I was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. Like I, I wasn't like, wow, I, I had no idea Lamar was this upset with the Ravens. No, I had a feeling. I had a sense that Lamar was this upset with the Ravens. Um, functionally, like, uh, it does put a, di- a little bit of a different color, a little bit of a different lens on the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag situation, right? He requested the trade on March 2nd, uh, which means that the Ravens, you know, knew kind of that he was going to do his best to go find other jobs, other other places that would, that, would, that would give him a deal for about a week, even more than a week, before they really knew they were going to non-exclusive tag him. And so it gave the Ravens probably a little bit of uh, a time and opportunity and a window to kind of poke around and, and better see what the market for Lamar was going to be. So I think it provides a little bit of color there. Um, and then the, the timing of Lamar tweeting it, I think, also provides us with some information. Uh Usually, when a player requests a trade, we know about it pretty quick. That's not to say that that's always to the benefit of the player. That's not to say that that's the right way to do it. But usually, the agent makes sure that Schefter or Rap knows ASAP. So that way, they can tweet it. So that way, the entire league knows. So that way, we can get this ball moving. Uh, this happened three weeks ago, and Lamar just, just shared it with everybody. And obviously, Lamar doesn't have an agent. And the timing of it is important. Like... It is not an accident that this was tweeted four seconds before John Harbaugh went to talk at owners' meetings, which Harbaugh did an awesome job. I don't know how well he knew this was coming down the mountain, but Harbaugh did great. So, so you know, if there was a uh, some gamesmanship here, which I imagine there was, I think that Harbaugh sidestepped it nicely. Um, but, you know, I, I the timing of Lamar's trade request occurring and then being released is just another factor to consider in this entire question about like how is Lamar handling this how would an agent be handling this what makes the situation unique so on and so forth but altogether I wasn't like wow tectonic shift it's like yeah he wants to get out of Baltimore I, I got that yeah, we'll get to the agent stuff in one of these other questions because I think there's a lot to uh, get into there. I think it's meaningful because of you know what you said. It just it makes it clear in his own words that he's ready to get out of Baltimore. And so there was this thought that hey, you know, teams aren't going to be interested because they don't want to negotiate for the Ravens, and he's just going to end up resigning with the Ravens. Well. Now, if you if you know that the player is more than open, willing to move on, then maybe you re-engage in some of those conversations you have as a team. I mean, teams can talk to Lamar Jackson, and then they can talk to the Ravens about a trade. That's another thing to make clear here as well. It's not we have the non-exclusive tag, which means you can sign Jackson to an offer sheet, and then the Ravens can uh, either match or give him up for two first-round picks. But also, Lamar can sign the tag with the Ravens, and then the Ravens can tag and trade him. So there are a lot of moving parts, but if Lamar Jackson agrees to a deal with a new team, just kind of uh, agrees to terms on a new deal, and then that team agrees to trade terms with the Ravens, then it can be different than two first round picks. There can be another quarterback involved. We might be getting to that later in the show. Uh, There can be different draft compensation involved. All sorts of things can happen. So it's important to remember that it's not just the, the two first round picks and matching him or not matching him. There's a scenario where you just have kind of a brand new, uh, creative trade with this thing. So I thought that was meaningful just that he went on the record with it. And I have to say, Ben, I thought the my other takeaway here is 
I sort of wish he had gone this route a little bit earlier, you know, and, and, and that's partially to what you were saying there, but I just feel like he really could benefit from, and there's a fine line here, but just from being more open, being more clear, you know, there, there's just speaking directly right. to the public, to the fans, to the other, uh, 31 teams. Hey, here is the actual narrative, uh, here, you know, there's an actual narrative and here's what's actually happening. Now I don't expect him to say exactly, Hey, this is exactly what the Ravens offered me. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Any of those things, but there certainly is this sort of sense of mystery and intrigue around the Lamar Jackson situation where we're not like totally sure what's the exact thing he's looking for. Uh, how does he feel about the Ravens? All those things. So if this would have happened, you know, even before free agency opened, right? I mean, now I think teams knew that Lamar Jackson was available. And like you said, I think most of us could have assumed he's open to playing somewhere else. But if he would have done this before free agency even opened, uh, who knows? Maybe that gives teams more time. So I think this is like a step in the right direction. You know, he's had some tweets yeah. here and there and he'll sometimes tweet a gif out or whatever. And it's funny and it's fine. But I do feel like he's at this place now where obviously teams are not, you know, knocking down the door, willing to give up draft compensation and pay him what he wants, that I think it does benefit him to do this kind of thing and make it clear uh, what his motives are, what his demands are, what he's looking for, all those things. So I, I hope for his sake that he kind of continues to do it uh, in this way. I think this is sort of a more organized way uh, to get his messaging out there. So I will say this. I, I agree that if Lamar got this news out sooner, it would probably have been to his benefit. The degree of benefit I am skeptical of, right? Like yeah. when Lamar got hit with a non-exclusive tag, and then I think what was kind of the most like shocking moment of this entire saga, which like a lot has gone down, right? I was doing prep for the pod, and I went and I was like, all right, like let me, let me make sure I know my dates and know my numbers and whatever. And I found an ESPN article like Lamar Jackson denies Baltimore Ravens two hundred fifty million dollar extension, wants a deal fully guaranteed at signing. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I saw the date was September eleventh, twenty twenty two. I was like, oh shoot, I forgot we've been doing this for a long time, a long right? time. So in this entire saga, to me, like the most surprising moment was when. Lamar got hit with a non-exclusive tag, and the NFL jumped. Teams teams are chomping at the bit to clarify that they didn't want him. Well, I would have expected the exact opposite. I said on this pod I expect the exact opposite. That moment to me signifies, makes clear, that teams knew Lamar was going to be available. Because there's no way the Atlanta Falcons are within 20 minutes of Lamar being put on the non-exclusive tag going, all right, we've done the pros, cons list, we're out, we don't want him. You know what I'm saying? They had their time. So I don't think... I would be surprised if, if there's even one team in the league who, when Lamar tweeted today, like, I requested a trade, was like, wait, what? Lamar's trying to, Lamar really wants out? I think they all yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, there's, there's that aspect of it that I think is up for debate. And that, that goes to, back to your point of clarity, right? I think that goes back to your point of, like, the way Lamar's trying to play this in terms of, uh, you know, making it clear that he, he, he's, he's, he wants this contract figure, he understands his worth, is, is aggressive, but also, like, I think it's player-backed. I think it's generally public-backed. And I think, like, the, the average football fan would think that Lamar is worth that money. And so he's kind of has the, you know, like, he has the advantage of being right. It's not the correct way of saying it. But, like, I think he would have good public support if he probably got his message off a little bit more clearly, which, again, goes back to the Asian thing. Uh, it's worth remembering that Lamar tweeted 
this information about the trade request that he put in and what he wants and how he always loved Baltimore, how he wants to win a Super Bowl. But if you just scroll down his timeline like three days ago, it's him clarifying that a dude who he's in a business relationship with for gym equipment in Florida is not calling teams acting as his unlicensed representative. And that's where you're like, okay, you got to handle that. This can't... Yes. The, the, like, the owners are lapping you in this arena of the contract negotiating, in this public, in this sliver of the public arena, the owners are killing you, right? Chris Mortensen, ESPN's out here tweeting today, like, there's some concerns with owners that Lamar's sleep habits and nutritional habits are why he keeps getting sick, which, like, that's fair. He gets sick every year when the weather turns. I hear you. But come on, like, that's ridiculous. This is an MVP. They wouldn't actually care in a different context. And so, like, that's where... The uh, like, if you're gonna be out here tweeting the way you're going about your business, you should be trying to do it first, and you should be trying to do it with a lot of clarity and be on the forefoot. Just because the public arena does matter, and some of this, like you know, who is negotiating for you nonsense is not good, man. It doesn't work well for you. You said it much better than I did. Like I, I was thinking, you know what? I didn't make that point very clear, and you said it. Uh, you you said it the way I wanted to say it. that. That that Com- that's what I meant. Complimentary football. Like, complimentary football. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's what I meant. I mean, he if he would have come out like even when he gets tagged, he could tweet out, uh, "I don't have an agent, but I'm working with the NFLPA. Um, some of the numbers out there about what I'm seeking are inaccurate. I would love to speak to teams about what I'm actually looking for. Uh, you know, all all those things. Just again, in a more organized, step by step manner, where there's kind of le- less mystery about it, and uh, and teams kind of know um, that the lines of communication are are open there with him. And maybe that would make them more likely to make an offer. Maybe not. So let's get to that. Question number two, Benjamin. What are the real reasons why no team has shown interest that we know of to this point? I mean, you said it. We were on this pod uh, a few weeks ago. You said you expected teams, if if they use the non-exclusive tag, to jump at the opportunity to make a play for Lamar Jackson. Not only has that not happened, it's like <laughs> it's, there's nothing. It's some of the strongest language I use on a pod because I tried <laughs> to like not be a soundbite. I was like, no, off the chain. I'm 100% uh, serious. I'm positive. They're going to go crazy for Lamar. If anybody goes back and finds the soundbite, I haven't had the stones yet to go listen please let me know i can't imagine it's a good one yeah so that 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 hasn't happened listen i thought teams would be interested you weren't on an island there i mean i i wasn't as strong as you but yes look at look at just the history of the nfl when a quarterback becomes available who's even mediocre or competent they usually end up getting overpaid or the team ends up getting more draft compensation than you think they should get we could look at carson wentz from the eagles to the colts we could look at carson wentz from the colts to the commanders we could look at what Kirk cousins uh has been paid here i mean i could probably go on on and on and on. There are many. Uh, we can look at Deshaun Watson just last offseason. Yet here we are, March 27th. Plenty of teams in the NFL in need of quarterback help. And we haven't heard so much as a team saying, hey, let's have a meeting, go fly out, and at least talk to Lamar Jackson. Why? Why has no team shown any real interest at this point, in your opinion? I don't really know. Um, I think I think it, it's the combination. It's the amalgam of like many, many, many things. Uh, and, and and 
you know, it's not like all the one teams are like, oh, well, like we're worried about him getting the flu in October, so we're out. Like, I think it's probably different for everybody. Um, I would say that one, and this goes back to our timing conversation, by March 15th, most teams, like, you know, I'm talking about the start of the league new year, right? You, you know, you got to make a couple moves, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's got to land somewhere, Derek Carr's got to land somewhere. But so let's say like by March 18th, by March 18th, March 19th, most teams want to feel comfortable with their quarterback situation moving forward, right? Like they just want to be like, all right, like if we have to go forward with this group, we're okay. Panthers and Texans with the first and second overall pick notwithstanding, that's what you see when like the commanders go sign Jacoby Brissett, right? Is it's like, all right, we're not going to not do something because we have Jacoby Brissett, but if we have to go into next year with Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell, we're okay. You know what I'm saying? Set like, the floor. Yeah, set yeah. the floor with a little bit of competency. Exactly, right. Like, we just, just got to... A quarterback's the most important position. We don't want to be really embarrassing here. We don't want to be totally lifeless here. We don't have, have no young players. So, like, you know, Broncos go get Jared Stidham and and the the, the uh, Lions bring back Nate Sudfeld. And it's like everybody's got enough guys that if they had to play tomorrow, they'd have a dude that they could start and a backup that they're okay with, and we're fine. And so that just lessens the stress, right? It lessens the, the, okay, we have to go out and get a dude. But I don't find that to be a fully sufficient explanation because – Lamar is more than just like a dude you go out to get to secure the position. He's not a Derek Carr. He's not a Jimmy Garoppolo. He's evidently more than not, not more than that. Not in my opinion, more than that. Not oh, there are some of the case. No, he won the MVP. He's evidently we're positive. We know for sure he's more than that. There is the aspect of it that like often gets called collusion, which I don't think is like full on straight collusion by the like FEC. FBI definition. I don't know who defines what collusion is. Yeah, the, the, the justice system. Some, yeah, abbreviation. But acronyms. owners are inherently up against the players when it comes to aspects of compensation, contract structure. Uh, it, if players don't have the ability, uh, they're, they're fighting for the same pie, right? It, it is it is the, the money. It is the cap space. Owners want to spend as little of it as possible, and they also want to keep the total amount of cap space down, right? They want to keep their, their percentage of league revenue share, which is how cap space is defined. They want to keep that as high as possible. And the players want to get bigger pieces of the pie and they want to get safer contracts. And they want to get guaranteed contracts. They, like, you know, when DeMar Hamlin was had his injury, we're talking about medical benefits, right? Like they, this is, is boss and employee. This is, is a battle for wealth and for control over the wealth and every other you know, capitalist paradigm that you want to use. And Lamar is out there on a limb really trying to put the screws to owners and say if, if if there is a player in the league who justifies a fully guaranteed deal like the one Deshaun Watson got, I am him. Give it to me. And the second that happens, there are now two, two in a row, right? Because Kirk Cousins did it once and then nobody else was able to follow back on it. It was 2017, 2018, right? It's now, okay, the last two really big quarterback talents to hit the market, which Deshaun Watson whole situation, notwithstanding the context of all that. But the last two really big, talented young quarterbacks hit the market. Both got fully guaranteed deals. Now this starts to become expectation, right? My band teacher in eighth grade, Mr. Pritchard, used to tell me, once is an accident, twice is coincidence, three times you've got it down. Like, you know how to play the, play, play the notes, right? So like once we get two or three, now it's a trend, and now it's legitimate. And so, again, like I don't think it's full-on collusion, but I do think no owner wants to be the owner to give out that 
second fully guaranteed deal to a major quarterback in consecutive off seasons. So I think that's an aspect of it. And then I do think like the health aspect of it is real and the, 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 you know, sickness, but also like the injuries and coming off of the knee problem and everything. I think that's, that's, that's part of it as well. So I, I opened this by saying, I don't know. And then I gave like three potential explanations. And I think that all those combine into being enough that there's some resistance somewhere, but I find even the combination of all three, even cumulatively, I don't find it uh, sufficient. I don't find it acceptable. Like, so I, I can't remember the last time oh, the league was this disinterested in getting this talented of a player on their roster. Just uh, Deshaun Watson and everything that was, was, was happening with Deshaun's sexual harassment cases, plural, 20 plus. Every draft prospect that's going to come out this year who has a history of, 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 of crimes, of domestic violence, of, 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 of massive character issues. And the league doesn't... And they don't, I don't want to say they don't care. That's unfair to say. But they've always shown that they are very happy to get talent in the building, despite the cost. Tyreek Hill, Jeffrey Simmons, Kareem Hunt. Let's just name some guys. But with Lamar Jackson, league MVP! They're disinterested. And I can't, I can't make two ways of that. I can't get my head around it. Yeah, your last point there is the reason why the football aspects of this don't fly with me. He's Listen, he's missed 10 games over the past two seasons. Uh, I think running has to be a part of the Lamar Jackson experience. I, I can see teams being hesitant about paying a quarterback big money and potentially multiple first round picks and then using him as a runner, especially when he's already missed time the past two years. Like, that is a valid argument. I think there have been inconsistencies in the Ravens' uh, passing game. And I, I'm not telling you that's because of uh, Lamar Jackson only. We all know the Greg Roman conversations we've had. You look at the Ravens' depth chart right now, by the way, and it is not pretty what they're surrounding him with. I can't get there with those arguments because of what you just said. Look at what teams are willing to overlook to get talented players who they deem to be talented. They might not even be that talented. Right. Willing, willing to what they're willing to overlook. Look at what we just saw last offseason with Deshaun Watson. And so uh, those could be those. I'm not saying they're non-factors. I think they're partial factors. I don't think they're the biggest factor. And I'm with you. I don't know definitively. It's really impossible to know definitively because we haven't had a situation like this. But I think so much of it, a, a, a big chunk of it comes down to them thinking we are not making that guaranteed deal commitment. And if you remember back to last year, and again, it's impossible to discuss this situation without talking about Deshaun Watson. I mean, that is, right. if we're doing if we're doing a, what was the first domino to fall, if, if that Deshaun, Deshaun Watson deal doesn't happen, Lamar Jackson is probably signed under a long-term contract with the second most guaranteed money of any quarterback. Everybody said they got, to, we're talking about, wow, Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson. Hey, who should they, what, who are they going to get him at right. wide receiver? This Huge be fun. deal, but it's worth it. Who cares? Yes. It's within the line of the market. Yes. Yep. It all started with Deshaun Watson getting that deal. Ravens owner Steve Bishotti going on the record, I think almost at this exact time last year, I believe. It was owner's the meetings. Yep. Owner's meetings saying, I don't think he should have been the guy uh, who kind of started the guaranteed deal thing. And I think one important thing to remember about that, there were not teams, plural, lining up to give Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. Right. I mean, if you remember how this went, the Browns were out of it. The Browns were out of the Deshaun Watson, Watson bidding at that time. And guess what? They got back in. How did they get back in? They went where no other team 
presumably was willing to go and fully guaranteed his contract. They went, the other teams yeah. were not willing this to is go a, there. A huge thing, because people all the time say like, oh, people blame the Browns, but like multiple teams were in on Deshaun. Yes, multiple teams were in on Deshaun. Multiple teams were trying to get him on their team, which, yes. stop, aside. How terrible, how horrible. That was insane. No teams are trying to do it with Lamar right now. That in and of itself already is bananas. Resume. And then the Browns got him by giving him the fully guaranteed deal, yes. right? And that's why, like, like the Haslam family went out on, a, on, on an island in doing that. And Bishotti said it publicly, but there were owners who gave quotes privately. They were like, there were reports like owners are furious with the Haslam family that they have given out this fully guaranteed deal to Deshaun Watson. They know it's going to cause them problems. Bishotti said in the same owners meetings where he gave that quote, he was like, this is going to make it tough with our guy. Like, he just said it explicitly. He was like, yeah. We are inconvenienced in the Lamar situation. And so now it's become lines in the sand. Now, if Lamar does not get the fully guaranteed deal, then it is the second time in the last five years where a quarterback got a fully guaranteed deal and then that wasn't able to pick up enough steam for a second quarterback to do and it wasn't able to kind of generate momentum for that that contract structure in the league. And for everybody who's like, like if you don't follow NFL super closely and you're like fully guaranteed deal, like kind of who gives a hoot? It's a real, it's an enormous deal because other leagues have fully guaranteed deals, other sports, right? NBA, MLB, like they have fully guaranteed contracts. The NFL doesn't have that structure. It's not a common structure. It's used very, very sparingly, mostly for like low level players, if at all. Uh, and in the context of, of short term injury, the NFL tends to have a, a bigger injury issue than other sports. In the context of long term issue, it's not even close. The NFL is as massive long-term injury concerns that you don't see in other non-contact sports. And so if there's a group of players that need fully guaranteed deals, who need need a more financial security, and, and you know, they're kind of the risk that they take on probably warrants it, it's the league. So like, I think there's a, there's an instinct to be like, oh, fully guaranteed deal, like whatever. Like if he signed for, you know, a $250 million extension and 65% of his guaranteed, that's great. And it is, but this is this is a golden goose. This is This is, you know, something that's kind of worth fighting for in the perspective of the players' union. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so I, I think I, I think that is the the number one thing to remember is that so far in the history in recent years we have seen exactly one team willing to go this route, and you know, you, yeah, Kirk Cousins, but I mean that that was on a much uh, on a much smaller scale. We've been we've three years eighty four. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've seen one team willing to go fully guaranteed on a two hundred and thirty million dollar contract. So that to me is that is that kind of the heart of this negotiation with Lamar Jackson. And by the way, again, this is why you know 
maybe he's not seeking fully guaranteed. We don't know what the number is he has in his head, how it compares to what the Ravens offered him, any of those things. But I, I think that to me is a huge, huge part of this. All right, question number three. How much has Lamar Jackson been hurt by not having an agent? You touched on this uh, before with, I think, with some of the messaging stuff, but now that we sit back a little bit and look at it and look at what's happened, uh, how do you feel about it? Define hurt. Well, good question. I mean, you, you <laughs> define hurt. I just, no, you're asking the question. You all right, all right. So I'll, here's what I'll do. Uh, right. while you, I'll, I'll, answer the, I'll answer this one first. I'm making you answer all of them first. So here's how I, I will uh, define it. I think it's unclear at this point uh, how much he has been hurt because we don't know what the end game is. I mean, he could go back. That offer that the Ravens made to him previously could end up still being on the table here and he could get the second most guarantees of any quarterback in NFL history. And that's probably the deal that an agent would have advised him. Hey, this is that this is a fair deal. This is a good deal. Go ahead and take that. But that might not be what he wants. And so there's a couple things I think we need to clarify. One is Players can do this. And so I feel like it's there's this thought that anytime a player's trying to do it on their own, it's like, uh-oh, this is going to end badly. Laramie Tunsil, left tackle, Houston Texans, acted as his own agent, just reset the market for left tackles. I mean, you want to talk about players. Second uh, yes, time again. he did it. Yes. Players who are winning the uh, quote-unquote business of football. He is mm-hmm. right there, uh, done a terrific job to maximize his career earnings, does not have an agent. So where does it hurt you? Many of the biggest, and we've talked about this before, many of the biggest voices in NFL media are linked with agents. I mean, just look at the reporting around Deshaun Watson a year ago. And I mean, there were tweets, and I don't need to name name names or specify specific tweets. There are tweets that literally you would say, was that actually written by Deshaun Watson's agent? They were so sort of one-sided um, in terms of their scope and what they were saying. In this situation, there's been very little reporting around what is actually going on with Lamar Jackson. Yes. Like it's actually, if there's like a media studies or a sports journalism class out there, like this is a good one to study. We know very little. Why? Because Lamar Jackson does not have an agent and the Ravens know Lamar Jackson has a very small, close circle. And if news gets out there, Lamar Jackson is going to know the news got out there because of the Ravens. I mean, the, yeah. to the Ravens credit, they've done a good job of just being like, no one is saying anything. Nope, sorry. We, not answering uh, your Harbaugh, calls. Harbaugh said with a straight face owners meeting today, <laughs> When Lamar is the starting quarterback for the Ravens this year, everyone will be happy and this will all be behind us. King! My yeah. my my politically correct <laughs> fence-sitting king! Unbelievable! Harbaugh is very polished, uh, is very polished with the media. I think if you were looking at coaches, you could kind of trust to handle this situation in the public scope. He would be high atop the list. So listen, agents, I think where they would have helped Lamar Jackson is certainly they would have been able to be more proactive with teams. I mean, every, you know, not every agent, a lot of agents, they have good relationships with GMs, with people in front offices where they can call and say, listen, he's not looking for a fully guaranteed or he is looking for a guarantee of this number. Bring him in. Just at least bring him in. I mean, you will see teams allow agents to kind of use them and say, you know, you, you'll see these reports that Team X was interested in player and the team's not interested in player, but the agent's saying, can you do me a solid here and allow, you know, th- this to play out so that I can drum up some interest or negotiate right. with another team. These things happen uh, all the time. And so I think an agent probably would have helped him uh, create a market, use the media a little bit. But again, having said that, 
let's see how this plays out. You know, at this point, it seems like it's not going great, but we saw him, again, I think the tweet today was a step in the right direction where he's going to be a little more, uh, it looks like he'll be a little bit more organized and realize the value in getting his voice out there. Um, and maybe that will lead to something. So um, I would say I'm in like wait and see mode when, when I have to answer that question. Now, if this goes horribly and badly, and again, I, I think there are some things like you mentioned, looking looking down on his timeline that you would hope would have been avoided, um, you know, yeah. with, a, with a little more guidance, then yeah, it could go in a bad direction, but I'm not fully there yet in terms of, man, if he had an agent, this would be completely different. It would be different because he would have accepted the deal that the Ravens already offered him, but that's not what the player wants. And the agent's job in many cases is to, is to try to get uh, what the player actually wants, so... I don't know. I feel like I was talking yeah. in circles there. Well, no, because that's good because that was also my answer. And I just thought if I gave it, you were going to yell at me and be like, no, you got to pick. Um, it's it's a risk-reward balance. I think if Lamar had an agent, it's much more likely that he would be signed to a deal right now. And I think it also can guarantee you that that deal would not be a fully guaranteed deal. I'm like 100% positive it wouldn't be. Uh, agent's job is to get the player what they want agent's job is also to be honest and square with the player and be like this is what is is reasonable this is the best you're going to get this like you know if we do it this structure then you can get out within like two years maybe the landscape looks different then we can go for it again and so on and so forth and like functionally with this roster bonus it's the same as having this much guaranteed money like like you know it's also like you know you're you're working for the player but you're also like helping communicate to the player like all right this is what's achievable and this is what isn't i think about daniel jones who had his agents uh, I think it was read by CIA and then he fired him like halfway into the negotiation period with the giants and went with athletes first because his agents from CIA were probably like, dude, you cannot get this much money. Like you're Daniel Jones. Like we like, you gotta, this is, this is your range. Daniel Jones went on to sign a $40 million per year deal with the giants. So maybe that was a good move for Jones. But, like that's part of the, the process, right? It's like players will uh, move on from agents because agents also try to be honest with you and tell you what, like, you know, what, what the lay of the land is. So, the hurt question is kind of like, well, what are you willing to risk and what are you willing to give up? It's a, uh, it's a gamble. It's a gambit in chess. It's, it's, it's like I said, Lamar's out on a limb. This is aggressive. Like this is digging your heels in and an uphill battle. You know, going up against NFL owners is very tough. Uh, if it comes that, you know, the insert team here, don't want to spoil the second half of the podcast, spend multiple first round picks to give him a massive contract, then, you took the swing and you connect it. If it doesn't and you go back to the Ravens and the, the deal that they offered you in the beginning of 2022 is no longer on the table because the Ravens know that you you know you don't have a, any leverage negotiating-wise, then that was the risk and you didn't connect to the pitch and now you got to you know take your lumps. So we'll see. The thing is like with with, with the risk-reward calculations is that the, the Ravens being so clearly like, we love Lamar and we want him back and he's going to play for us this year does put Lamar in a spot where like, might you know go through the draft go into training camp hold out a little bit see if another quarterback somewhere gets hurt see if a team that thought they were going to trade up for a quarterback doesn't get to trade up for a quarterback take all the time try to spend as much you know put as much pressure on other teams as you can see if you can get out of baltimore and then if not like sounds like the ravens will be cool with just like giving you a lot of money and letting you play even if it's just like a year and then that's not the worst thing in the world and so it's a risk reward calculation i don't think in 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 the world of like getting your messages out, handling the, the optics of this entire process, not having an agent has, ob 
absolutely hurt him. Yes. But he wouldn't be out here if he had an agent in the first place, in my opinion. And if he ends up getting through this and threading this needle and getting a massive deal, which I don't think is outside of the realm of possibility, I still think there's a shot he gets that contract that he's looking for, then, you know, the risk is worth it. And that's why we got to wait and see. Which leads to our next question. Question number four, is it over with the Ravens definitively or is there a scenario where he still goes back there? It sounds like from what you just said, you think there is a scenario where he still goes back there. Yes. I mean, he was like, you know, again, like we look through that, that Twitter thread. He's like, listen, I'll always love Ravens fans no matter how far I go, he said. Like, I would try, like <laughs> geographically, like championship-wise, like career-wise, what do you mean how far I go? Um, but this, the way he was phrasing it was like, goodbye to Baltimore. So I think that there's very clear interest and acceptance of the Ravens saying like, hey, we will bring you back. Like, you know, you doing all this and like trying to go play elsewhere and trying to get a different deal, like go do you, but like, we will bring you back. We love you. We drafted you. We built the offense around you. You're great. I don't know if Lamar at this stage will go back to the Ravens, but the world might look a lot different in four months than it looks right now. Uh, and, and that can kind of change your perspective, especially when like you feel like you have to go out there and play and remind the league what it is you're capable of doing, such as to get your value. So I do think there's there's still a world where he returns to the Ravens. That ball is in Lamar's court, I think, more than it is in Baltimore's. Most situations in the NFL are salvageable. It's a, it's almost a never-say-never never scenario. I got to tell you, my gut says I think it's over. I think it's gotten too personal. I think it's gotten too emotional. It's hard for me to see him playing on a $32.4 million franchise tag. It's hard for me to see him even agreeing to whatever deal they offered him previously. And it's hard for me to see the team giving in. I think one important here is that uh, one important thing here is that not every like contract is viewed equally by a player. And what I mean by that is the way I read it is Lamar could be more likely to sign a contract with another team that he would not be willing to sign with the Ravens at this point because right. he feels wronged by them because he feels like they've seen him since he was a rookie. They've seen him play through study. They've seen his ups and downs, a lot more ups than downs given their record with Lamar Jackson as the quarterback. And yet he will still feel like, man, they were not willing to invest that in me, even though they had an up close look at who I was, what I was about, the way I connected with team, all whatever things you want to mention where he could look at another team and say, hey, they believe in me. They're willing to offer me this contract. It'll be a fresh start. Let's go there and let's play. So maybe mm -hmm. I'll be wrong because listen, right now, you know, the Ravens do have the leverage. They've got the franchise tag uh, in their pocket. Like you said, they're saying all the right things publicly. I think there is a nice, uh, their setup in terms of owner, GM, coach. This is an advantage of kind of having different layers to it. You know, John Harbaugh can just come out there and say, I, you know, I wasn't the one making the decisions on what the offer was to Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. I want him to be our quarterback. Let's go try to win the Super Bowl. And so there is kind of that divide where if that relationship uh, stays close, and even if it's, you know, fractured with uh, higher up members of the organization, it can still work for the team. But man, I just, look at it and like for me at this point in time and this is a snapshot in time again March 27th for me to picture him like going back into that building and that locker room and then you have the dynamics of teammates and the culture and one thing we've seen it seems like most players are like 
Team Lamar Jackson. I mean, we 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 have seen that whether it's yeah. guys he's played with or other people in the league. So they're going to look at that and go, "Man, they weren't willing to take care of that guy. Are they going to be willing to take care of me? What's this organization really all about?" I just feel like it gets into a very messy, messy situation. And I think that even if the Ravens believed, and I actually do believe that they probably thought this was going to be the case, that they could kind of navigate this, let the process play out, and eventually hold on to him as their quarterback. Things change, dynamics change, relationships change, hurt feelings happen. All those things, uh, at this point in time, it's hard for me to see him going back to the Ravens. So, we'll so yeah, a, a couple of nuts and bolts things on Lamar going back to the Ravens and how it all might work. Uh, Joel Corey has written about this for CBS Sports. I was looking for the exact article when I when I was preparing for Lamar, and I, ca- I can't find the exact one, but I know he wrote it somewhere. Um, so Lamar's on the non-exclusive tag, 32.4. The deadline at which you can negotiate a multi-year extension with a player who is on the tag is July 17th. So the Ravens have until July 17th to continue negotiating with Lamar Jackson for a multi-year extension. If that day passes and they don't have a multi-year extension, they can't extend him. They can, however, offer him a higher figure than the $32.4 million non-exclusive tag for one year. So Lamar, and again, this is like a hypothetical world, but Lamar can come and say like, hey, I'm not, I'm not playing for the non-exclusive number. I'll play for the exclusive number, 46 million. And the Raven can go, yeah, okay. And they can, they can bump that number up. So the, the deadline is for a multi-year extension. They, they still can negotiate as to, as to the one-year figure that Lamar gets paid if we get to that point in training camp where like Lamar is holding out. It's also worth noting that so long as Lamar doesn't sign his franchise tender, which, you know, we, that's a little bit of logistics here. When the Ravens tag Lamar, franchise tag, they set aside the cap space such that they can keep him at that number. Lamar still has to sign the franchise tender, which says, I agree to play for the Baltimore Ravens at this number. I agree to this figure for this year. Lamar has yet to do that, from what I understand. And so uh, Lamar, as of right now, is not signed with the Ravens. He's not signed with anybody. And so Lamar can hold out from camp with no penalty because he is not a contracted player. If he signs the tender... He becomes a contracted player, and he can no longer uh, hold out from camp without incurring financial penalties. So that's some nuts and bolts in terms of what July into August and September might look like. So even if we get to like pass the draft and Lamar's not going anywhere, and no teams are training for him, and no teams are signing him to an offer sheet, we're still going to be sitting around with Lamar probably wanting more than $32.4 million to play for the Ravens if he even wants to play with the Ravens again. And we're going to be dealing with uh, Lamar holding out from camp and not having really any incentive to show back up. Uh, so yeah, there's a way in, the, in August this gets real sweaty, real sweaty for the Ravens. By the way, the Ravens have done nothing to add to their roster in part because they've got $32 million committed to, I mean, that roster, that is, look at the offensive depth chart there. That is not a, a good place uh, to uh, be uh, in. No, 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 no. John Harbaugh mm-hmm. told me also at owner meetings today that Rashad Bateman's coming back healthy, which was <laughs> hilarious because the Ravens team social media account got the clip up of Harbaugh saying that Rashad Bateman's <laughs> doing great with unbelievable swiftness. Everybody's just retweeting Lamar, retweeting Lamar, retweeting Lamar, and the Ravens are like, look at Coach John Harbaugh talking about ex-first-round wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Look how excited we are for Rashad coming back. It's good work, social team. Bravo to you. Oh, my God. It, 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 to what you said, though, about Lamar and, like, even a one-year deal and they give in, all right, we'll pay more. I mean, a one-year deal? You're going to do a one-year deal and then do all this over again? 
next offseason? I mean, that is hard for me to have that hanging over your season. That does not seem to me like a recipe for success. It's almost like you got to agree to terms on the long-term deal and, you know, try to make sure everyone's feelings are in order and relationships are mended or nothing. And he's not going to play for them again. So we'll see. All right. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Question number five. Which teams, and this has been discussed often, we've discussed it on this show, which teams should show interest, which teams will show interest. Ben, what I did, I haven't told you about this. I'm springing it on you. I have split the teams into four categories. Category number one, don't even have a meeting about it, not happening. Category number two, at least have a meeting. Category number three, should be considering it. And category four, should be strongly considering it. I was going to just read the teams out to you in each category, and if you have an issue, you can tell me, and then, of course, we can offer our uh, our thoughts on what we actually think should happen, will happen. Does this work for you? I want you to know that when Did I was... Did you do the same thing? No, I thought oh. about doing the same thing, and I was like, that seems like too much work. I'm not going to do that <laughs> for the spot. So I'm glad you did. Is it a complimentary football, baby. Here we go. <laughs> All right. All right. Don't even have a meeting. If I say a team and you dis- disagree, just stop me and we'll talk and we'll hash it out right there, okay? So okay. this is don't e- don't even have a meeting about acquiring Lamar Jackson. The Buffalo Bills. Yes. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. The Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. The Houston Texans. No, disagree strongly. Okay, why? They don't have a quarterback. You got to at least have a meeting about it. You got you watch your, watch your guys, right? You you prep all your draft prospects, and then you sit down and go, okay, who do we really think here has a chance of being as good as Lamar is in two years? And then you say, okay, none of them. And then you say, all right, well, financially speaking, in terms of like the contract size, like how much we'd have to pay Lamar versus how much we'd have to pay these guys, the surplus value, like who's going to provide more value on their rookie contract than Lamar replied would provide on his and then you go okay maybe we like Bryce Young that much and then you then you feel good about it and you, and you go from there I don't think the Texans are going to do it but absolutely you have to have a meeting about it when your current starting quarterback is Davis Mills that's that's a that's that's like a that's one of Newton's laws it's a equals mc squared force equals mass times acceleration if Davis Mills is your starting quarterback you have to talk about Lamar Jackson to me, that's one that you could hash out, uh, you know, while you're getting lunch or coffee. I don't think that's going to be that difficult of a decision to me. When you talk about what you have to give up, multiple first round picks, what you have to pay Lamar Jackson, 
versus getting a quarterback, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, on a rookie contract, which will be four years. Aiden Hutchinson last year, four years, $35.7 million versus five years, $230 million. <laughs> I mean, to me, uh, the, all right, but that's fine. If you want to bump them up into the, at least have a meeting category, that's fine. To me, uh, you know, if I have the number two pick, I like these quarterbacks. I like both CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. That would be pretty easy so, for me to just say, let's, let's where do you, take where do, them. Where do you have the Panthers? Well, hold on. Come on, you can jump ahead. Let me finish my not even have a meeting group. All right. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. However. <laughs> he paused. Well, because since this whole Lamar thing started at the beginning of last season, I, a big Eagles fan, have just been incessantly tweeting about how good Lamar's going to look in Midnight Green. I didn't know we were going to get the season from Jalen Hurts that we did. Well, I still think Lamar's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I, there's, a, there's a dance with the one that brought you theorem here that I don't think you're trying to make, you make a change. So I think you're good. Yeah, you're not taking the meeting. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers. There you go. I also have them in this. I guess I could have just yeah. said that, but I don't have it in order, so I didn't know. Right, exactly. That's why yeah. when you were like, well, let me finish. I was like, well, the same logic's got to apply for both, right? I never said this. You didn't do this at all. I did this in five minutes before the podcast started. So. Right. I, not my, I shouldn't be poo-pooing when I admitted on the show that I wasn't trying to do this much. Um, I think, right, the same logic applies for, for the Panthers. Yes. Uh, Right, they're at one, and they traded up for one, as opposed to Houston, who just kind of sat there at two and earned the pick the old-fashioned way. So that makes the conversation a little bit different, right? You trade Future First and DJ Moore to get a pick that you then trade for Lamar. Like, that, I think, makes it make, does make it trickier. But you have to. You, to me, like, when, when, when your quarterback room looks, who the Panthers got right now? Matt Corral? Yes. They, they don't yeah. have P.J. Walker. Yeah, they don't have Sam one, Darnold. Once, you, once Matt Corral's QB1 on the depth chart, you're having conversations oh, about Oh, Andy everybody. Dalton. Yeah. They signed Andy to your boy Andy, Andy. Dalton. Andy, yes. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. guess what? I still think you're probably taking a meeting if, with, with having signed Andy Dalton. Uh, now, these next two are sort of tricky. It's more because of what they already did. So it's kind of like the Panthers, honestly. It's because of what they've already done this offseason. The Giants, I mean... They could have a meeting, but they just committed $82 million guaranteed to Daniel Jones over the next two years, so I feel like they've already made their decision. And then the Saints, they just committed to Derek Carr, so I don't think those teams are even having a meeting at this point. So, Yeah. Right. I uh, Man, if you're the Giants right now, do you wish you franchise tagged Jones? They do you wish you... Yeah. I've been saying that for, yeah, quite a while. They, I mean, regardless yeah. of Lamar, I thought that was the smarter move. But anyway. I agree. All right. That. Next cat. So that was 12 teams. So we're taking 12 teams we mostly agree on. Uh, if you want to throw the Texans out or whatever, that's fine. Uh, who we feel like don't need to have a meeting. Nine teams at least have a meeting. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, yes. this would be spicy, Ben. The pit right, the yeah. same that. Now, listen, I know the Ravens are not going to be inclined to uh, trade Lamar Jackson to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but couldn't the, St the Steelers could really just basically force the Ravens to have to pay a fully guaranteed contract to Lamar Jackson because the Ravens aren't going to let him then go play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe the Steelers would say, well, that's a bad thing because then they're going to have Lamar Jackson on their football team for the next five years. But I like Kenny Pickett more than you, but I'm definitely at least having a conversation about it, even though it seems highly, highly unrealistic. The Denver Broncos, I mean... 
<laughs> okay, explain the explain the math to me, like I'm five. I mean, I don't know. There's probably no way for this to happen, but you have very, 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 very rich owners. And so maybe there's a way you at least have a meeting. You say, all right, we've tried, we've, it's, it's like, you know, just the, the physics on the chalkboard, you're coming up with the formulas and you're saying, all right, we can't make this happen, but at least we had a meeting about it. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. At least have a meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I kind of like a Again, financial considerations are are very tricky there, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, I can't wait to see your reaction for this one. The Chicago Bears. Yeah, 100% yes. Oh, okay. I got no... I got no... I I like a Justin Fields. I love a Justin Fields. Again, it's this is a... When your quarterback death chart looks like X, you are forced to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson. And like Fields, for as much as exciting as he is, and he'd be good bait for the Ravens. You can't you can't put in enough eggs in the Justin Fields basket to justify not even thinking about Lamar. Okay, I know you're gonna like this one, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, John, be, I'm, yeah. I, I should maybe bump them up the category. I don't know. What are your thoughts? When, this when I have I, them and at least have yeah. a meeting. Not should be considering it. When I wrote my Lamar piece, I said that the three teams. That I, if I had to guess right now who Lamar ends up the quarterback for, I had the Jets because it was like, will Rodgers go? Will not Rodgers go? We didn't know yet at that time. I had the Lions and I had the Niners. The Niners have signed Sam Donald. And then John Lynch told me this morning that if Brock Purdy could play right now, he'd be like the starting pitcher for the Mets or something. He was like, Brock is amazing. Brock's, he said, with Brock's body of work, he's earned it. Brother started for eight games, but okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, that, sure. Did he did he use the phrase body of work? I think it was body of work. I'm not I'll, I'll double check. But right. uh the Niners absolutely That's should have the conversation. I just figuring out the Niners quarterback conversation, man, or their quarterback prioritization is just like speaking a different language. I don't even know where they're at. Well, it sounds like they definitely did not give a big vote of confidence for Trey Lance. So that to me made yeah. it, you know, all right, throw a Trey Lance in there with a with a pick or something. Here we go. It's uh, Trey Lance. It's uh it's Quote, I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. So he didn't okay. say body of work, yeah. but just earn, earn, earn the right. Earned the right. Our seventh round rookie quarterback QB3 entering the season has. All right. There you go. Uh, next up. This is sort of a wild cardish team. The Seattle Seahawks. Mm. They had made a one-year commitment to Geno Smith. Really, it's one year, 27. It's the best, I think, the best contract from a team perspective for probably any quarterback this offseason because they get him back for one year. He has incentives where if he balls out, he gets paid more, yet they're not committing to him long-term. Right. I think they're trying to create this. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback at their pick, but they're certainly trying to create the impression that they are by taking these uh, photos at every quarterback's uh, pro day. But do they have a long, is Gino a long-term solution? He's what, 33, 34 years old, right? Uh, Gino Smith, would they be intrigued? 33. 33. I, yeah, they're probably, again, like it's like you have to take a meeting. I will say that they make so much more sense going young than going guy on his second deal, right? Like they're just, they're, they're just in a perfect situation, which is why they're doing all this positioning that they are to take a young quarterback. Not necessarily, you know, at five, wherever they're picking five i can't remember are they five five or yeah. six yeah they're five yeah yeah, yeah. uh so they're, they're they're perfectly positioned not necessarily there but like do trade backs trade up into the first round like you know do kind of do whatever but they, they make so much sense to take a, a young guy that like 
Lamar is a little bit of a square fit just because like, all right, you have Lamar. He's ready now. You're paying him now and you have to change the whole offense to make sense for him because he's very different stylistically than Gino is. And so that's a, it's a bit of a weird one, but yeah, you still talk about it. The Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if there's any way uh, to uh, make it work with whatever they're paying. $60 what's, million what's, dollars to Stafford, but what's the next category up for them? What's the next category? Next category is should be considering it. I'd put Rams and should be considering it. Okay. I mean the way the way that they're trying to move on from Stafford makes you think that elbow just doesn't work. Like I'm not sure right. they got a I'm not sure they have a quarterback in the room right now, put it that way. Until we see Stafford healthy, I I don't know what to believe. And so to me that they'd even get bumped up a little bit. And Jordan Rodriguez done good. I mean, it's reporting on this for the athletic. It certainly seems like they're basically taking an L for this year and setting themselves, trying to set themselves up for 2024, which who knows what the team will look like at that point. Who knows how interested Sean McVay will be interested in uh, coaching at that point. We'll see. And then the last one I had, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I don't know if there's a, they're probably better off, as we said, just stinking it up this year and then going uh, and getting Caleb Williams next year but you at least have a meeting i would assume if you're that yeah. okay weird meeting weird right? meeting. Yeah. we try let's let's trade kyler for lamar and have <laughs> just a second enormous quarterback contract for a very talented mobile quarterback who's slightly more injured than we'd like for him to be really like it's like i think you're getting a better player but you are kind of weirdly in the same spot after making the move so yeah probably yeah, better to hold, they, hold your water they might they might belong in the not even have a meeting category all right should be considering it. So there should be considering it and should strongly be considering it. Should be considering okay. it. I have the Miami Dolphins. Would yeah. you like to bump them up or are you okay with them here? Yeah, I mean, like they they were one of the teams to immediately hit strong no the second he got non-exclusive tagged. They picked up Tua's fifth-year option. They are fully pot committed. They are doing Tua think it's great. They should be considering Lamar, though. Like, I mean, sheesh. Yes. I would have been very intrigued by Lamar with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike McDaniel, but that's just me. The new, the New England Patriots, Benjamin. Yes, is there any like. chance they just swoop in here? Look, look at Belichick's history of playing against mobile quarterbacks. There's no way he doesn't think that they're really good because he sucks at defending them. He can't do yeah. it. His, his defensively, it's one of his biggest weaknesses over, over the course of his career. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, and like. You know, their whole offensive coordinator bamboozling notwithstanding. Like, I don't think that they've seen enough from Mac over two years. Same thing with like Justin Fields. We were like, yeah, like, we'd be fine if we kept, like, give this guy a third year and, like, he can continue to get better. And we've seen some great stuff, but not enough to keep you off Lamar. I like that a lot. The New York Jets. This Aaron Rodgers thing hanging in the balance. <laughs> As Jason Fitzgerald, I think, of Over the Cap uh, tweeted out, I mean, if nothing else, they should at least be putting it out there that they're, you know, they should at least go hang out with Lamar Jackson for a day, you know, if, if in this whole leverage game with Aaron Rodgers to at least make it seem like, hey, we actually do have at least uh, one other option here. Joe Douglas has strong, you know, connections with the Ravens organization. That locker room would probably love uh, have Lamar Jackson in there. Should be considering it. Should really be considering it. Is it? Would this be Mama Solak's uh, first choice for Jets quarterback for 2023? Yeah. Yeah, Mama Solak would definitely prefer this. I just feel like the Jets negotiating with with Rogers and his whole process of getting information out into the media, and then Lamar and his whole process of getting information out into the media. She's like a big headache multiplied by a big headache. Um, I think if if the Ravens are, or excuse me, if the Jets are for sure trading premium picks. 
for a star quarterback. They'd be better served getting Lamar than getting Aaron Rodgers. With that said, Nathaniel Hackett is their OC. Uh, Alan Lazard is on this team. And I think that Rodgers is going to cost less than Lamar will in terms of the trade deal. Accordingly, I would understand if they already feel pot committed on a better value option and they're going to go for Rodgers that way. But like, yeah, they would benefit them greatly to generate at least synthetic interest in Lamar Jackson. I think that would be good for them in terms of negotiation with the Packers. Remains to be seen if the Packers actually take that seriously because it's very hard to take the Jets seriously at this stage. Obviously, we would be more of a longer-term option than Aaron Rodgers. And the last one in this category, the Las Vegas Raiders, which I honestly didn't know where to put them. I mean, I, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm mostly just annoyed by uh, the way they're, they operate. But I put them here, should be considering it. Okay with that? Yeah. All right. Should be strongly considering it. I've got seven teams here, Benjamin. Let's see how you feel about them. The Tennessee Titans, which the yes. more I think about it, yes, I mean they got no other. I mean Malik Willis fine, but they've really got no other path to being a good football team uh, with kind of where they are right now. And I, I, I would like that combo, Lamar yeah. Jackson and Mike Vrabel. All right, they're uh, on there. Yeah, they're meeting with a bunch of the rookies too, so they're definitely in the quarterback market. The Indianapolis Colts, hundred percent yes. They have to absolutely have to one hundred percent should be looking into this, and I think they are. Like Zach Kiefer was on McAfee saying they haven't ruled it out, which to me means they're doing homework. The Washington Commanders. Uh, vibes, terrible. Football building, yes, it makes sense. little sleeperish one here. The Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I've seen this one. I've seen this one around okay. a little bit. Um, I don't know how, how much dead cap they take on from the Kirk deal. The Kirk deal's been restructured so many times that I can't remember how it works you can, anymore. You, yeah, you can trade Kirk. You can trade Kirk Cousins. For, I mean, he has a no trade clause, but someone he is a Kirk Cousins. He is a 20.25 cap hit this year. That's all he hits the cap for this year with a okay. dead cap hit of 48.75 million. So okay. just a little bit more dead cap. Uh, you'd be losing $28.7 million if Kirk's off the roster. So you have to carry both Lamar and Kirk probably. Which is a little weird. I don't know um, about that. You figure, you, there are ways you can you can figure it out. That, right. I, but it, if you're doing that, it means you're trading Kirk to somebody who really wants him, and they're working with you on the money, which who really wants Kirk? Ravens really want Kirk? I don't know if the Ravens really want Kirk. Somebody would want Kirk, I think. Someday. <laughs> Tennessee Giants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing with, you know, like like Lamar Jackson's, con- like if you look at the, just Deshaun Watson's contract structure, like last year, the way they set that up, like, I mean, his cap hit uh, for the first year was like $9 million or something. And so uh, I know we think of these big dollars, but if you're giving a big signing bonus and guaranteeing stuff, you can spread that out over the course of a contract. Uh, the Detroit Lions, who extra point taken, has been a yes on for a long time. Correct? Oh, it, my dreams, Lamar Jackson is a Detroit Lion. Come on, how good would the offense be? That line? Ah! The Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, I don't know what how they would make it work financially, yeah. but, I mean, they got nothing. Right. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask falls under the, the if your roster looks like this theorem. Yes. So, yes, I would say that, like, they even more than, like, the Cardinals – and the Rams, they probably need a little bit of like the reset year, and so. But like, I mean, they brought Jamel Dean back. I don't know. They're they're they they're as tough young as, players. Yeah, yeah. They're as tough for me to figure out as the Raiders are. But a lot of that's like not their fault. It's just like 
you know, they right. knew that, that for as long as they were carrying Brady, it was going to kind of be like this. But yeah, look into it for sure. And then the last one is the team who's, who said no right away, but what makes sense is the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who I think, you know, we, we would agree with, should be strongly considering it. All right, so I did, we did that whole exercise. I came back, just my closing thoughts on it. I keep coming back to the Lions as the team that I would, if I could pick one team that I really want to do it and I think should do it with two first-round picks, it's the Lions. Again, Jared Goff played well last year uh, when the pieces around him uh, are, are working for him. He can absolutely operate a highly efficient offense. At the same time, I think Lamar Jackson is more of an elevator, more of a longer-term solution. You're going to be able to run the ball better with him. Uh, I would love that fit of Lamar Jackson with the Lions, NFC North, NFC. Uh, the Titans, again, for what we just said, it's kind of like they got to do, you know, they're in this weird spot here where that could really change their fortunes and how quickly they're going to be able to be competitive and get out of this hole here. I like that one. And then I like the Vikings as a sleeper. I mean, listen, Kirk Cousins is is signed for one more year. They don't really have a, they don't have a long-term solution at quarterback. Uh, this is a situation where they could come in and pounce in a weak NFC and be relevant right away. So those are the teams I have. Who, who, are, your, who, yeah. who are your, Lions are your favorite? Anybody else? Lions are my favorite. Titans are up there. I like the Colts. I just like, in terms of like, again, going back to the which owner is going to go out on the island and do the thing that makes all the all the other owners mad at him. Bet yeah. Jim Irsay, step up to the plate, brother. Here, this this is your your song has been sung, man. This is Jim Irsay's business. Uh, I'm not there on the Vikings. Lamar, okay. Lamar in Minnesota. I just don't. I don't know. Money wise, to me, that's tricky. And 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 team building wise, that's tricky. But I like those three. Commanders. If the commanders had, if the commanders had a new owner right now, I would say that they're a good sleeper for it. Thing is, they're the process of getting a new owner. So if they get a new owner before Lamar gets moved, commanders, I think, you know, become a little bit more likely. But they got they got to handle their own backyard first. All right, let's go to final question. Question number six: How does this thing play out? We are, I mean, you you've been saying it. We've been talking about this. For a long time, it has taken on different twists and turns over the previous months. We have, what, April, May, June, July, August, September, six months until week one and the start of the NFL season. What's going to happen here in the next few months, Benjamin Solak? I think we're going to get, at the very least, through the NFL draft before Lamar gets moved. And then I think in the immediate wake of the NFL draft and the the teams that are able to get a quarterback and are not able to get a quarterback, you know, starting on day one, we'll see if maybe there's a chance that Lamar gets moved, right? Look at the Colts at four. If a team gets in front of them, moves up to the Cardinals at three, and then three quarterbacks go and they don't get the guy that they want, and they didn't want to send the fourth overall pick to the Ravens in the offer sheets, and they trade back, and then they descend the other thing. Like there's, I think we won't see movement at the earliest until after the NFL draft. And then I don't think that a team gets it done with Lamar. I don't think a team signs it to an offer sheet or trades for him. And I think we get to August, and I think he's holding out from camp. And I think we get into September, and he's holding out, you know, as we approach the regular season. And then after that, like, somebody get hurt? Is 
somebody's rookie quarterback look really bad. Like, I don't know. Something's got to happen. Something's got to give. I don't think we see, I, I'd be stunned if we see Lamar get moved before the draft. And I think if there's a chance, if, if it happens, it'll happen, you know, around the draft or after the draft. And that kind of will open the window a little bit. But I think we're getting towards a training camp pulled out. And then from there, it's kind of how that goes and what the Ravens look like and, you know, uh, how much Lamar wants to play. Like the world starts to look a lot different in August, September than it does in February, March. Um, but to me, I think we're, we're in for a long staring contest. All right, so percentage chance he's starting for the Baltimore Ravens on week one of the 2023 season is? 10. Like starting week week one. Okay, so you think he's going to either just be holding out or... Yeah. Or, okay. All right. All right. Low. Uh, Very low. I think that after the draft, we're going to... There will be a team that surfaces. There will be a team that says, you know what? We thought maybe we could trade up for Anthony Richardson or that he was going to fall right. to us or, Titans. you know, yeah, yeah, a team that thought wants to say, I'm, we don't want to do it now, but what we were hoping for in the draft didn't happen. Now let's revisit this. Let's at least have a conversation, see what he's asking for and go for it. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't think as we did this exercise, I was talking myself into the Vikings a little bit. I know, I know what you're saying, but I look at a team that just has no options in 2024 uh, and beyond in terms of quarterback. I think they could be a team to watch the Colts. Absolutely. Uh, because they're in that spot where they really don't know what's going to come to them uh, with the fourth overall pick who's going to be available. So I think those are probably a couple of the teams I'm looking at. I think a trade will happen between after the draft and mm-hmm. probably training camp. Uh, I, I think somewhere in that window, uh, the Ravens will say, you know what, this is not salvageable. Maybe there are things we could have done differently, but this guy has no interest in playing for us anymore. We can get some picks for it. We can look ahead. We've got other good players on the roster, and I think there will be another team uh, who is able to come to terms with Lamar Jackson. I don't think he'll get the fully guaranteed, but I think he'll say, you know what, for this other team, I'm willing to give in a little bit because they want me. I wouldn't assign that deal with the Ravens, but I'm ready for a new start and let's look ahead to the season. So we will see. It's not going away. I don't know how much yeah. more we can talk about Lamar Jackson. We just talked about it for an hour. If there aren't more changes. The Lamarathon. Yeah, our our second Lamarathon will be coming probably sometime in May after the draft happens, and we're all trying to figure out where he goes again after that. That's true. Uh, The only thing I wanted to say for an extra point taken, unless you had something additional. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I'm curious to see what happens with the other quarterbacks this offseason. I mean, really, they could all say, we're doing, we want fully guaranteed contracts too. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. Now, the truth is, most quarterbacks who signed sign big deals in their mid-20s, the guarantees aren't that big of a deal. They end up seeing all the money on their contract. Like teams are, you know, don't right. move away from those players. So it's almost a scenario where they would have to decide, is this worth it? Do we really need to uh, do this? Obviously, you want the guarantees, um, but it's almost like it's more for the uh, the greater good, the other players, and to get everything moving in a direction, as you mentioned, alluded to earlier, in terms of guaranteed contracts. But I mean, those deals could happen really at any time, and then we would have another data point in terms of what Lamar Jackson is asking for, what teams might be willing to give him, because you have some big names up for contract extensions at quarterback this offseason. Mm. All right. Joe Burrow, I want a fully guaranteed deal. <laughs> <laughs> Bengals, you will not be getting one. <laughs> Let's make it real messy, baby. Here we go. 
<laughs> All right, that will do it for this edition of Extra Point Taken, the Lamarathon. Hopefully, we answered the questions to the best of our ability. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Stay tuned to the Ringer NFL feed throughout the week as we will react to news from the NFL owners meetings and whatever else is happening until next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you.